Oh, is this about people that run into Ezra Miller? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Too soon? You're a bad man. Oh, boy. All right. So anyway, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. I worked in Hollywood in the early 2000s. With me, wonderful co-host, my the geek fluent girl. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Providing her fluency in geek languages across a multitude of mediums, comics, anime, film, pop culture. Pop culture in general. Also, there you go. I can drop some historical facts if I need to. The geek runs deep and with us, oh my gosh, returning. This is a fan favorite. They begged for him. We're bringing him back because he is our resident sports guest. And this film is about an alien that does sport hunting, hmm. big game hunting. So why not? It's the return of Sirius XM Radio's Real Talk Raph. Say hi to everybody. Howdy, folks. Yes, all about sports today. We really tie it in. <laughs> and yes, the film that I have assembled everyone for is the, oh my gosh, seventh film, if you include the crossovers with Alien. This one, a prequel. We're talking about the latest film in the Predator franchise, Prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. There's something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. So yeah, like I said before, this is like the seventh film featuring a predator. It's the fifth in the non-crossover franchise. And this movie was first proposed by Dan Trachtenberg and screenwriter Patrick Asen to producer John Davis while he was working on The Predator, the 2018 movie directed by Shane Black, who is one of the stars of the original Predator. He was the thinner one with the glasses. He was actually brought on to Predator to punch up the script, but decided to just throw him in the movie too while he was punching it up. The other day I went up to my girlfriend. I said, you know, I'd like a little pussy. We have an episode on The Predator, Visit the Bat Catalog. I don't think any of us liked it very much. <laughs> yeah. That film tried to bring the macho, tough guy sensibilities of the mid-80s to the modern age, and that shit does not age well. How do you circumcise a homeless man? Here it goes. Kick your mom in the chin. <laughs> Fuck your mother! Fuck your mother! <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Super cringy movie. Not a great entry. John Davis, he loved the concept that Dan Trachtenberg was proposing, and 20th Century Studios uh, fast-tracked it. It's only his second film. His first film that he directed was the well-received entry into another franchise with many entries, the Cloverfield franchise. He directed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Did we see 10 Cloverfield Lane? My the Geek Fluent Girl? Uh, yes. 
That's the one with John Goodman, right? John Goodman, he's in the bunker with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, <laughs> the actress who Ewan McGregor left his wife for. Wow. Okay. But I thought the film was really good, good tension, and built upon the Cloverfield franchise pretty well. Yeah. So this movie is partly inspired by a comic. There was a comic called Predator 1718. That's why this movie takes place in 1718. In the comic, it centers around a pirate off the coast of Guinea in Africa. Why is the rum gone? (laughs) So very, very different. Obviously, they chose to move it into early America and have it take place with indigenous peoples. So let's just jump right into some of the cast here. All native cast, as far as the folks who play the Comanche. I think that's uh, outstanding. Well done. Starring Amber Midthunder as Naru, our protagonist. She also is an actual member of the Fort Peck Sioux Tribe. Mm-hmm. Do we like Amber Midthunder? What did you think about her performance, The Geek Fluent Girl? Yeah. Uh, she was absolutely incredible. And also, too, because I am the Geek Fluent Girl, I had to do a little bit more reading about what she had Ooh. to prepare and how she got the role. Not only did she have to deliver the acting ability, she also had to be able to do like the stunts, be athletic, be agile. And it shows so well in this movie. She is flawless. Just when she like does that run and then she like perfectly slides underneath the log. Awesome. I did read online some internet trolls, grumpy old YouTubers had a problem with Amber Midthunder being as lightweight as she is, as young as she is going up against this alien from outer space. Did you have any problem at all with seeing somebody of her size and stature fight the Predator? Real talk, Raph. No, classic David and Goliath story here. And this is uh, using human wit to outsmart a lot of other factors, which even in modern times holds up. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, it's like she used her intellect. And also her brother even told her, he's like, you are the best one in our tribe. Just the way that you pay attention to everything. And also in the second movie, the predator was defeated by 45-year-old Danny Glover. (laughs) So come on, like, why are we complaining about a young athletic huntress, but we're okay with Danny Glover? Come on. Young huntress with a chip on her shoulder. Let's not underestimate the chip on one's shoulder, Mm -hmm. what that can do for us. Yes. True. She had the Chippewa. I was a Chippewa in my (laughs) youth, but that was like in camp. Oh, wow. They split us into groups. I was like six, and I just remember being told I was a Chippewa, and then we had all these songs about it. Let's not go down that road, though. (laughs) (laughs) Still traumatized to this day, as you can tell. And uh, you'll be able to see Amber Mid-Thunder coming up. She's going to be in the Avatar The Last Airbender streaming series. Oh, nice. Hopefully they can do that one justice instead of the abysmal M. Night Shyamalan one. Boring. Uh, Playing her brother is Dakota Beavers as... Tabe, I read that this was Dakota Beaver's first acting role. So how did we feel about Dakota Beaver's, which I thought his face looked a lot like Corey Feldman. This one right here. This was my dream, my wish. And it didn't come true. Is that? Rob said Ashton Kutcher. I agree with Ashton Ashton Kutcher. He looks a lot like Ashton Kutcher. A young Ashton. No, I thought he looks like a teenage Corey Feldman, except tall and lean and handsome. (laughs) So he doesn't look like Corey Feldman. (laughs) What? No. He used to work at TJ Maxx, by the way. I read that online. (laughs) TJ Maxx. Yeah, not a sponsor, by the way. So he got his start 
working at a place with second-tier castaway clothing. But I think his performance here is first-tier. Then they need to cast away this guy into every movie. Yeah, he was good. I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, he's good. A good compliment to Amber Midthunder, shall we say. Some people are just naturals, JC. Like the first time you ever picked up a microphone. I'm very good with long cylindrical things in front of my face. Hey, now. <laughs> Whoa. No, no. Dane DeLiegro played the Predator. Yeah. Of course, we don't see him at all, but he's a former basketball player. He played professional basketball for eight seasons for teams in Italy and Israel. So he's just, he's a large person with, with the athletic body and the athletic movements to play a big giant predator hunter and he actually is known for roles that require lots of makeup and prosthetics he actually played the character of baal or whatever in the fifth episode of american horror stories demonic figures look at him there's a picture of him on wikipedia in giant prosthetics where he's in some television show called sweet home and his role is muscle monster so poor guy he just gets cast as like creature or some weird but he played basketball so he's perfectly suited to having sweaty balls for hours on end <laughs> so yeah he's the large uh, predator with the prosthetics and the loincloth so i just want to ask you guys a, a very important question um what do you think is under the loincloth i'll let my take that one first <laughs> <laughs> you know something terrifying i'm sure <laughs> depends who you're speaking with but yes for sure <laughs> what's under there real talk Alien dong? Again, something <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> How do you know it's not a female? That's a good question. There are no breasts that would in in indicate of the feminine variety, so... Maybe that's where the breasts are. Chesticles and testicles, they're the same thing, really. Through who are we to judge what alien beauty and how an alien body is put together? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He seems very masculine, just like very brutish. So I'm thinking it's a dude. There we go. I do want to call out one other person. Bennett Taylor played Raphael Andalini. And that is the character that is in that comic book, Predator 1718. It is Raphael Andalini's name that is etched on the musket in both Predator 2 and this movie. Oh, there's also a character named Raphael. Yeah, we're talking about him right now. I was petting my cat. <laughs> so he is the translator guy, the guy that knows a lot of languages. How did you guys feel about the fact that they did not translate the French? Did that throw you off? I actually checked my settings. It's funny you say that. At first, I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of fun. And then it kind of got a little like, am I having technical difficulties? So I read online, somebody actually did like a Google Translate of some of the lines. And apparently, at one point, one of the French guys wants to eat Naru's dog. Oh. Oh, wow. That's pretty dark. I would assume there's other dark stuff going on. They had her trapped in a cage. and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they say a lot of very mean things to I her. I definitely got that they were huge jerks. That came through very clear. So... <laughs> <laughs> so this movie was not a movie that was in the theaters. It was released on Hulu. And I contribute to a local theater. So I was able to say, hey, uh, let me watch this uh, movie there when nobody's in the theater. So he was like, all right, whatever. And I went in and I got to watch it on the big screen. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, everything about it looks cinematic. It's got beautiful landscapes. I think it was shot in Canada. It was shot in Calgary, Alberta, okay. Canada. This movie, there's not a lot of competition right now in the theater either. I think if this had been released, it would have made a nice amount of money. And how do you feel about that, Geek Fluent Girl? I honestly was shocked too. In fact, I, uh, I was talking to Rob and I was like, how did this, I was like, when did we miss this? Like, how did we not see this in theaters? I remember seeing 
a trailer for it. And it was crazy to be like, you can only watch it on Hulu. I was so shocked to find that. Isn't like Disney owns 20th Century Fox? Yeah. So I feel like Disney was the one who made this terrible mistake. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Hulu is under the Disney umbrella. Yes. <laughs> it's where they put their more adult content over on Hulu. Yeah. Which is why we got to have this. I think it was a miss. And this movie doing amazingly well, I believe. But the only person who knows that for sure is our gatekeeper of the Fresh Hot Stats. My the Geek Fluent Girl, why don't you give us the Fresh Hot Stats? Okay, this is a, a different Fresh Hot Stats because all I have to go on is on the tomatoes. So 92% on the tomato meter for critics and 79% for audience score. I don't know why it's that low. Maybe it's because as you were talking about some of the trolls who are like not so keen to have a girl you know and obviously it was a hulu release as we were talking about and uh, of course hulu never gives us like any numbers they like to hold that close to their chest but and it is the most viewing hours ever on a disney owned streaming property in this first three days like it just blew everybody away and still i have to admit not everybody in my friend circle even knew about it honestly was talking to like all of my friends who usually are more like in the pop culture sphere and they're like oh they're like yeah, yeah. i haven't watched it i'm like he's like oh okay i'll check it out i'm re-watching breaking bad i'm like you need to stop that you need to watch prey <laughs> <laughs> so i That's think funny. it's gonna even get even more views is because it's gonna be like a lot of word of mouth real talk do you think this should have been the theater what do you think it looks like it was filmed that way and it's definitely like movie theater quality. Not to be bashful here, but tons of junk you see on Netflix and other streaming services that they call like, you know, movies in quotes. Uh, it clearly just don't have the, the look and feel. They don't pass the smell test. This this film is definitely cinema worthy. Yeah. Do you smell your TV often? <laughs> yeah. Scratch and sniff. Just don't scratch and sniff the, the loincloth. Not on those scenes. What does a predator smell like? What do you think? Butt juice. <laughs> yeah, you better leave that in. Butt <laughs> juice. All right, moving on. Do you agree with the critics, 92, or do you agree with the audience's 70-something? My the Geek Fluent Girl. I agree with the critics. I honestly yeah. was like, it's on Hulu? Like, come on. What crap are we going to watch here? I think, too, is because the last, like, quote, awesome movie supposedly to watch like on a streaming channel was the gray man so i just <laughs> i just honestly just never know what to think about like a just direct to streaming channel type movie but this this honestly completely blew me away how amazing it was real talk i would give it certainly closer to what the critics uh, rate it don't be haters yeah, me too. After what happened with The Predator, the one that came out before this one, where they had like a super predator chasing a normal predator, and the normal predator was here trying to warn us about the super predators, and the super predators were trying to get DNA to improve their DNA, and the DNA they wanted was the autistic kid's DNA, because that was evolved dna and then at the end they got like an iron man like suit to fight predators off like it was nuts well we missed out by not seeing it <laughs> i don't think anybody wanted predator to go that direction this one let's strip it back down an underdog survival story i absolutely agree with the 92 percent. i think that's perfect i really liked this i wanted to ask you this what's your guys experience with predator from like childhood was the predator franchise a big franchise for you when you were young do you remember seeing it my the geek Girl? you know i actually didn't see predator until i was in college 
And that was because, like, my friend Paulo is like, it was his favorite movie. And he literally had this look on his face when he was like, you've never seen The Predator? Also, too, he loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. So even though he's Portuguese, I feel like he really took a lot lot of Arnold mannerisms. (laughs) He was the Portuguese Arnold? You son of a bitch. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. At first, I was kind of like, this looks like a stupid movie. But I'm like, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah. But, you know, sadly, I probably haven't ever seen Predator more than, like, that time. I still remember it being awesome. In fact, after watching Prey, it made me even want to re-watch the original Predator just to see, like, how much of an homage yeah. it was. If you go back and you watch the original Predator, you will see some callbacks, like when the brother, Tabe, says, mm-hmm. if it bleeds, we can kill it. That's an Arnold line from Predator 1. If it bleeds... We can kill it. Also, when one of the French guys cuts Tabe across the middle of his chest right here, it's almost the exact same incision that the indigenous mm-hmm. character Billy from the first Predator, he cuts himself the same way across the chest to bring the Predator to him. So that's another callback to Predator 1. And that was for, for baiting mm-hmm. the yes. Predator also in this in this one. Yep. So. I wonder if like knowledge of Predator gets passed down. Yeah. Real talk, Raph. Predator, do you remember seeing it when you were young? Oh, yeah. What's your relationship with Predator franchise? I mean, it, it wasn't like one of those movies I watched a million times, but oh, for sure. Probably one of those like Saturday afternoon on uh, public television with commercials in between. Mm-hmm. But you can never worry too much about commercials when you're like nine and the content's that compelling. I remember thinking like the special effects for those days were really cool. Mm-hmm. Just appreciating them in hindsight. And I may have to go revisit What about you, JC? Spend a lot of time thinking about the Predator as a youth? I actually weirdly think I saw Predator 2 before I saw Predator 1 because Predator 2 came out in 1990 and that was when I was first starting to get to watch movies that were a little more adult. So my step family let me out of my cage and (laughs) let me watch a movie with them. Yeah, so... Predator I saw later, and then I've just seen every movie in the Predator franchise. And I love Predator. I'm a big horror movie fan. I think these are basically slasher movies. Really great sci-fi slasher movies. Yeah. All right, so before we just start fixing movies, I'm going to go ahead and give a quick and dirty plot summary by Movie Pooper. Movie Pooper is where we get our plot summaries, our quick and dirty plot summaries. I like to call it the one-pinch summary. So gross. I swear. They do not have it. They got on the pot and did not shit. Let's go ahead and just do the wicked. Wikipedia. But this is pretty short, too. Here we go. In 1719 in the Great Plains, Naru, a young Comanche woman trained as a healer, dreams of becoming a great hunter like her brother Tabe. While tracking deer with her dog, Sari, she witnesses a Predator spacecraft in the clouds, which she likens to the Thunderbird, and takes this as a sign to prove herself. Tabe agrees to bring her to join the search party for the cougar that attacked one of the tribe's hunters. They retrieve the wounded hunter and depart, though Tabe stays behind to find and kill the big cat. Finding unusual tracks and a meticulously skinned rattlesnake, Naru circles back with Pake and finds Tabe. Together, the three set a trap for the cougar, but it kills Pake. Naru faces off with the big cat on the branch of a tree, but falls and strikes her head after being distracted by strange sounds and lights in the distance. She wakes up in her family home, having been carried back by Tabe. He later returns to the village with the dead cougar on his shoulders, ensuring him the title of war chief. Convinced of a greater threat, Naru departs with Sari. After coming across the head of a skinned bison, they are attacked by a grizzly bear. The bear is killed by the predator, giving Naru time to escape before running into a group of Comanche sent to find her. Though the creature ambushes and kills them in combat, Naru is caught in a foothold trap, but the predator leaves as she is no longer a threat. French voyageurs 
Responsible for killing and skinning the bison, find Naru and cage her. The lead voyager reveals that he has Tabe captive and tortures him before using both siblings as bait for the predator. The creature kills most of the Frenchmen while Tabe and Naru escape. Naru rescues Sari from the camp and stumbles across a dying Raphael who teaches her how to use his flintlock pistol. In exchange for medical treatment for his severed leg, Naru gives him herbs that reduce his body heat to stanch the bleeding. When the predator arrives, Raphael plays dead, and Naru realizes that the creature cannot see him. Tabe arrives on horseback to rescue Naru. Together they weaken the creature, but it kills Tabe. Naru flees and finds a surviving lead Frenchman. She knocks him out, severs one of his legs, and gives him an unloaded gun before eating the herbs to hide her body heat. She uses Raphael's pistol to ambush the predator, knocking off its laser targeting mask. She steals it and flees into the woods. Naru lures the predator into a mud-filled bog pit before using the creature's mask to turn its own projectile weapon against it, killing the predator instantly. Naru severs its head and paints her face with its glowing green blood. She brings the head and the flintlock pistol back to her tribe. They honor her victory by declaring Naru a war chief. A hide painting in the end credits depicts three predator spaceships arriving in Comanche territory. All right. Okay, so with that plot summary out of the way, before we start fixing a movie, so many people work on a film. We're not just here to poo-poo on it. This film is great, by the way. We want to go ahead and just give everyone that made this film their due. What is one thing that you really, really liked about this movie, Geek Fluent Girl Go? So, of course, the, my favorite scene is also going to come up with in one of my fixes is when the predator kills the bear and he holds it above his head majestically. And then all the blood just drips down on his invisible form. Yeah, that was amazing. Epic scenes. Yes, definitely an epic scene. Real Talk Raph, what is one thing you really liked about Prey? I like the scene where the French trappers are getting themselves destroyed by the Predator as they think that they have him captured, or it captured, rather. By far my favorite scene in the movie. It just was extended, lots of killing in various fantastic yeah. ways. That's when he's just, like, walking and being a badass and using all of his, like, gadgets right. and just chopping them all to pieces. Yep. Busts out all the cool tricks and moves. One thing that I really, really loved about the movie was just taking it back to the past. It was hinted about in Predator 2, which is probably the most interesting thing about Predator 2, was the end when he went on the ship and he had just killed the Predator and the other Predators, out of respect, hand him the old musket. And that's when you're like, whoa, they've been coming here for a long time. It's nice for them to explore that. It's just the, something that was necessary after the debacle that was the Predator. They took it too far, so now let's take it way back. This was such a good movie. It's hard to have like a real fix. <laughs> All right, everybody. What do you say we fix this movie? What do you guys say? Yeah. Yeah. To the Personality famous 
maybe one of the most famous people we've ever had on this show. He is on Sirius XM Radio. He is a voice of fantasy sports. He is a voice of all sports. He is a voice that makes me sport in my pants. And let's go ahead. Let's get your first fix for Prey. Real Talk Raph. Yeah, well... Since we're splitting hairs, since that's what's uh, done on this fabulous podcast, I think with the fix, you know, they kind of go entry point into this at the point of where the predator lands in this indigenous part of wherever in the world. But I would have loved to know and see at least like some backstory as to where the predator comes from, like who ordered the predator to come there and do these things and you know what the hell were they doing right before that like i know that that's all implied and oversimplified but really like if you're going backstory can we get like a half hour on where the predator came from and what his mission was that's kind of where i'm thinking is my main fixer. so how would you do that exactly like you wanted to see more on the ship did you want to see him on his planet like you wanted to know more about why they hunt or yes. something like that Here's how the scene would have looked, right? It would have been one of those dark, dungeonous type of, you know, alien land places where you have the boss alien overlord in some kind of alien language that is only subtitled and sounds a lot like this, telling the predator exactly what his mission, her mission, its mission was, and why, in fact, they felt the need to send this super hunter from another world and universe to our world well here. since you're a sports guy you wanted to see the predator's coach <laughs> right. tell him all right this is the game plan right. we're gonna go in there we're gonna show these nancy's what real football is all about <laughs> i'm not saying it's far from that but uh where, where'd the predator play it's college ball you know what i mean it would have been nice to have why do they have to prove themselves are they like spartans where they have to go out and fight an animal and bring it back to be accepted into the tribe you know like what is the actual reason for the sport hunting i like that if i'm gonna give it a little bit of a nudge i'd say just highlight that okay yeah when i was a little kid my dad sent me out with a shovel and told me to go kill one of those like big bufo frogs because he said it would might hurt my dog did you pass the test i got towards it the frog jumped on me peed on me i screamed and i ran back in the house i don't think i would make the trial <laughs> and when i said the frog peed on me i actually peed on myself <laughs> <laughs> My, the Geek Fluent Girl, I know you have your geek-tastic fix. What is your first fix for Prey? Okay, so I really loved everything about this movie, so it was hard for me to even come up with a fix. So mine's more of a tweak, which is completely opposite from Real Talk Raph. <laughs> I don't want to see the ship right away after we had this awesome like pastoral scenes of like, you know, Native American mm -hmm. life. I understand it's like because you have to have Nauru like see the lightning in the sky. Why couldn't we just have it be like lightning instead of having like you see the ship outline? Because it just takes you right out and you'll be like, this is a movie about an alien. It just would have been kind of nice to just have it a reveal a little bit later. So that's that's mine. More of a tweak. So you want her to just more like see some kind of like funny lightning and be like, hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then slowly you build in more of the suspense. It doesn't have to be like right in your face to be like, okay, hey, there's a spaceship. We know how this is going to go. The first time you see the ship, you see it move across the clouds and then the camera pans up and you get the title of the movie. So it's shown pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, what's funny is the actress 
Amber Midthunder said that when she first came across the script, even when she had agreed to do it, she had no idea that it was a Predator movie. When I originally auditioned for this movie, I did not know that it was a Predator movie. So that wasn't a concept that was introduced to me until later. And I would often forget that. And I think that really helped me. She said that the movie that had been proposed to her was just like an indigenous people's movie, like a coming of age story. So it would be interesting if the same film that Amber Midthunder thought she was making would have been more like what we were presented. So like I said, just a little tweak. That's all. Yeah, I like a little mystery. Like, what would you think that that weird glowing green blood was when you were... Like, would you think it was just like some animal boogers or something? If you are a Native American in that time, I think you would just be like... Because you're so used to dealing with like so much medicinal herbs and things, you might just be like, this is this is new substance. Thunderbird dropping? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JC, what is your fix? My first fix is to not try so hard to combine the elements that aren't fitting together. So as I said before, some of this is based on or at least inspired by a comment called Predator 1718. So they chose 1718, right? But instead of the comic, which was a pirate off the coast of Africa, they were like, we want to use indigenous people. So you see what they did. They chose the most fearsome, badass warrior in indigenous peoples, the Comanche. Problem is, in 1718, the Comanche are not really yet the fearsome Comanche of the southern plains that they end up being. Plus, they're filming in Canada in the mountains. So they had to say, oh, this is the northern plains. So they had to historically try to fit Comanche into 1718. So what they did was they catch the Comanche in a period of migration during which they were splitting from the Shoshone. So uh, not only that, but this is a weird locale to find French buffalo hunters. I mean, the French would have just been barely in that area. That's definitely the edge of their territory for sure. And they're just shoehorning things in. It's very weird to choose the Comanche during that time because that's like saying I'm going to make a movie about the Mongols before Genghis Khan, like mm -hmm. before they're the fearsome people that we know them to be. You see why they chose Comanche because Comanche are known as the lords of the Southern Plain. Like they were one of the most formidable native tribes there was. They were the reason why the Spanish never got further than like North Texas because you could not go up against the Comanche. They were too big of a threat. So a few small fixes. If you're going to keep it in 1718, just make it Shoshone. It fits the time period. It fits the mountain terrain better. Sacagawea was a Shoshone, so it's not like there's some tribe that nobody knows. It's easily within reason and logical to have them in mountains. I mean, it was so weird to see Comanche, these famous horse-riding, buffalo-hunting people, these plains people. If you still want to stick with Comanche, have them at least hunt buffalo and ride horses, which is what they're primarily known for. And it's just very weird that we only see one Comanche on horseback the whole movie. We never see them kill a buffalo, which is why they're migrating in the first place. So that's a couple little changes, but also why are we making it so hard? Change it all together to make it more logical and more easy. Just put them in Canada and make the Indians Huron or Ottawa tribes who were known for trading with French trappers. Or just make it later and use the Southern Plains when the Comanche are at their devastating 
height, have it start where the Comanche and the Spanish settlers are fighting. And then the predator shows up and devastates the Spanish who have superior weapons to the Comanche. But the Comanche decide, okay, we need to hunt and kill this, whatever it is. It's not hard to make the movie feel more logical instead of having to question why Comanche are in the northern Rockies, not hunting buffalo, not on horses, and encountering French people. It's just such an odd niche to try to shove together, all because there was a Predator comic called Predator 1718. And that's uh, my first fix. I like it. I, I do as well. You're right. It's because we really think of Comanche as be like they're across the plains, they're on horses. It's a nitpick because it was a good movie, but I think that there's much easier ways to do this. I actually just want to add that I completely agree with you because I found myself after the film on the Google machine looking to see if things added up like with the timelines and one of the things that I actually searched for was there were a few things but like I wanted to know basically like when this this trapping culture began in that region and really like when they started using certain tools like the muskets and maybe those like traps and so most of it aligned but it was like just aligned like yes. there was potentially that it was available and that right. that's what was going on in that time but like honestly those tactics and some of those tools were not really put into predominant use for maybe another hundred years so yeah yeah i just i'm accepting of it right but like i just yeah. want to note that yeah i'm right there with you like this whole thing just takes place too early yeah just too early yeah they're playing fast and loose with the historical timeline <laughs> or you you know you can have that take place at like a native american casino how many casino goer would you would strike fear in your heart not even the drunk ones <laughs> <laughs> All right, guest, Real Talk Raph, what is your second fix for Prey? Uh, it's very niche, but I will say what it is. Um, I've never been in a bear trap situation, but okay. I am 100% sure, 100% sure that if a crude steel spring-loaded trap made in the 17 or 1800s or modern day went on my ankle, that it would do more than leave a couple of scratches. And the main character gets bear trapped and then brushes it off like nothing happened and goes on to be a super ninja warrior and do all kinds of fantastic things. But they could have either not shown that and then I wouldn't have had to feel that way. When your yeah. ankle, when your whole ankle, I'll do that again, gets caught in a bear trap, there's cracking and breaking and yeah. fracturing yeah. and then you're limping around and or need an amputation. Treating me like an idiot with some of that is not my favorite with these directors when they do that. But mm -hmm. again, perhaps I'm nitpicking. Just don't be so indulgent when you write that script and just leave that crap out. And then I won't have to fix it later on. See? You can see the screenwriter going, oh, and then she gets foot in a bear trap without fully thinking about what that would do to a person. You know what I mean? <laughs> like really, really good know. herbs. Really good medicinal herbs. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, she rubs some dandelions on there and it's all good. Fixes everything. <laughs> Fixing up bones, clears up her acne. <laughs> the fast acting herbs, man. What if you were offered 10 million to put your nipple in a bear trap? Oh, I've already severed my nipples for free. <laughs> oh, Just try to get them pierced when you're younger. Sexy. Oof, I had those little nipples back then. Do you leak? No, my teat does not leak milk. <laughs> My, the Geek Fluent Girl, what is your second fix for Prey? Okay, I like the movie, and also, too, I think it just kind of builds upon, like, my first fix slash tweak. 
I still want to have that suspense. She doesn't get to really see the predator until like he's holding the bear and like the blood dripping and it is a glorious scene. And I feel like as a viewer, that would have made even more of an impact on me if I hadn't already kind of had glimpse of the predator like in his regular form leading up to that. You would have liked it for like the first time that you see the predator at all. It's like the same time that Naru does. The time that the blood drips down on him. Yes. Yeah, because you've seen all the other scenes where he's like, kills the snake, and then he kills a dog. You're getting to see him multiple times before that. So like, yeah, building on your other one, you basically have one fix. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) It's don't show him until that one scene. Because we really are seeing everything from Naru's perspective. I mean, that's why I felt like as a viewer. Yeah, the only thing that they're doing with showing him beforehand is... For the uninitiated, they're showing that he's mostly attacking things that attack other things. Even if I find it pretty ridiculous that he's killing like a dog and taking its head. And like, you have to know that's not the most formidable thing on the planet, you know. Mm -hmm. Actually, this Predator shows more tools and weapons than any of the other ones. Mm -hmm. Like each Predator movie, they show that they've got like one or two new things. This dude's got all of them. This guy's got the whole, got the whole kit. Predator Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He is like Predator Batman. He's got his utility his belt. His bone remote gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my fix. You're right. I just wanted more suspense. Suspense can do everything for a movie for like to have like the reveal at the right time. I mean, that's how freaking right Blair Witch Project was able to be like, quote, a good film is because they just milked it. <laughs> just like Real Talk's nipple. Oh, my gosh. Going back to teeth and milk. And- oh. Oh, wow. goodness. From tweaks to teeth. I-, I wasn't breastfed. <laughs> JC, I know this is going to be riveting. Please indulge us. Let us know. What is your second fix? My second fix for Prey has to do with that musket, that gun. <laughs> so they, of course, had to take that gun. They had to tie it into Predator 2. In Predator 2, when Danny Glover gets on the alien ship, they walk up and they hand him a musket. It's out of, like, respect for the hunt, respect for battle. So we know that the gun is in Predator 2 with the inscription, Raphael Andolini, 1715. You know, when the the Predator's dying or whatever, it gives Naru the gun. But this implies, because it's in Predator 2, that they're going to get the gun back. So... My first question when the movie ended was, is a predator going to come and, like, devastate that village? Or does this gun become some item that the now time-trotting sequels follow? But then I did see that there is a scene in the end credits, like an animated scene, where they do show a predator ship coming to the village. So I guess the real ending of the movie is in that credits where I guess predators come and kill them all and get the gun back, which is ridiculous. Like, the whole movie is undercut by that. I just watched this heroic victory, and now the predators are going to come and, what, destroy the village and take that little musket gun back so it can be in Predator 2? That would be devastating if they just wiped out everybody. Apparently, they just come down. They're like, oh, you killed our predator friend. Kill the whole village and like, oh, look, a musket. (laughs) That's a really dumb way to get the musket onto the ship for Predator 2. So when she kills the one predator, the one in this movie, I just wanted the other predators to come down, claim the body. They approach her. She doesn't know what to do. So she hands them the musket. They hand her like a medieval sword, like a weapon swap out of Mm -hmm. respect. 
And I'm like, oh, cool. And then I'm like, ooh, a sword. Is that a teaser to another Predator movie? I Is the next one Medieval Predator? I'm ready for it. Yeah. So if you're going to use weapons to tease other movies, I wanted this weapon to tease out another movie. Maybe a Medieval one with a sword swap or maybe a Samurai sword swap. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to see... Predator versus Vikings. I want to see Predator versus Mongols. I want to see Predator versus Spartans. I want to see Predator versus Knights. I want to see Predator versus the Ultimate Predator, aka Bill Cosby. All right, so without further ado, I think we can consider Prey Screen Fix. Fixed up. <laughs> My the Geek Fluent Girl, do you have a final thought for Prey? You guys should watch it if you haven't seen it. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes don't lie. Everybody watch it. It's on Hulu. No excuses. You have a friend who has a Hulu account. Just steal it. People are more stingy with their Hulu memberships. Hulu, very sacred. Yeah. Real Talk Raph, what is your final thought for well, Prey? I'll give you a couple of final thoughts since you asked for one. Uh, first of all, I would like to see gratuitous violence against women eliminated from all films. There's just no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, like gratuitous right. violence is okay, but I don't like it uh, when it's against youth or against females specifically. It makes me cringe, and then I get upset that the producers didn't know better. So I'll just leave that for someone to think about it and... If you think I'm too woke, go to hell. And also, the reality <laughs> is um, I've taken a lot of medicinals, herbals and such in my life, and many that mm-hmm. were allegedly fast acting. Some of the fastest acting ones you can imagine, in fact, in modern times. But nothing that I've ever taken is so fast acting that comes in a plant form that like, within a split second, my body temperature becomes so low that it's no longer recognizable on infrared. So it's another fix. I just, I wanted a little bit more of like an explanation as to how that works. If you can get past the slight gratuitous True. violence uh, against females and a couple of the storylines like the bear trap not breaking ankles and, you know, eating herbs that make you invisible to infrared. If you can get past a little bit of that. If you can get past the fiction in science fiction. Right. That part. <laughs> Uh, my final thought has to do with I watched a video and it was a pretty like in-depth video and it pointed out that before she goes to confront the predator in the final scene, she whistles and it's nighttime. And in Comanche culture, whistling at night is a big no-no because it's supposed to call down evil. So that was like a Comanche deep cut. She whistles on purpose, hoping to call down the evil from the sky the predator so i thought that was a really interesting clever addition on the part of the screenwriters great job there i loved it all right so before we just wrap it up i really want to thank real talk raf today sirius xm radio why don't you tell everybody where they can find you where they can hear you go ahead and let everybody know well they can hear me right here on the screen fix podcast of course and i appreciate you having me on again i'll probably never come on again because I've said some naughty things, but aside from all that, (laughs) yes, you can find me with some slight filter because it is an adult program, but you know, I'm sorry, family-friendly program, but I I do keep it adult family-friendly on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, seven days a week, uh, channel 87, that's where we are, doing our thing, Roto Baller Radio. All right, so that's where you can find our guest, 
Real talk, Raph. He gives the takes. He's no nonsense. He has a wonderful head of hair. Look at that thing. Ah. Oh, my God. For now. Don't jinx me. If you fell off your bicycle, you'd crack the sidewalk. That's what that I have fallen is. off my bicycle, busted my eye open, got some stitches, still just as ugly as I was. All right, gross. You can find Screen Fix anywhere that you find podcasts, and you can find us on Twitter at Screen Fix Pod. We are on Instagram at Screen Fix Podcast. If you want to just message me, I am at JC Screen Fix. We're also on Facebook, Screen Fix Podcast. Reach out, talk to us. Let's fix movies together. I also want to thank our co-host today, Geek Fluent Girl. My, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on the Twitter spheres at Geek Fluent Girl. I need to follow you right now. <laughs> so let's leave everybody with your best, most intense. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Ready? My the Geek Fluent Girl, go. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Intense, smoldery. I like it. Real talk, Raph. Give us your best one. I'll give you the matter of fact one. Well, if it bleeds, we can kill it. That's how the real talk goes. That's how you would be in the movie. You would be the matter-of-fact guy. That's right. Here's mine. <clears throat> if it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> that was fun. Tune in next time when we will be fixing. I have no idea. This is the doldrums of summer now. I have no idea what we're going to be fixing. We'll find something to fix, or we'll find a, a classic terrible movie to fix. I don't know. <laughs> but stay tuned. There's always another episode. Join us next time, and thanks for joining us this time. Bye, everybody. Bye. I was honestly more worried about the dog sometimes than some of the other. <laughs> the other. Well, apparently, they almost ate it.